0: Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit-first strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. This is episode number 99. We are one away from 100 And in honor of episode 99, I just want to add a new sort of specialty topic to episodes starting here and going forward that end in nine. And those topics will be related to all in, going all in on your business um, and your employees so that those employees go all in on you and act like owners. Right now, um, Mike is working on his next, next book which is scheduled to come out in the fall of 2023. And we are collaborating on that book together. And so uh, that book is tentatively titled All In. And so we will be uh, sharing with you some different topics and uh, subject matter and things that may or may may not <laughs> work itself into the book. But it's all around that topic of uh, you know getting your employees to act like owners, which is obviously... An entrepreneurial dream, but it can become a reality. So just a really quick uh, reminder, episodes ending in zero is where we answer those questions that come in or frequently asked questions. And then on episodes ending in five, that's when we have Billy Ann Grigg, Profit First Professionals Chief Profit Guide. And we dive into some advanced topics on episodes with Billy Ann And then episodes ending in eight, that's when we uh, dive into Mike's emails and his inbox and chat with him. And then now going forward, episodes ending in nine, starting with today, we'll be talking about the topic of all in. So that leads me to today, we are going to be talking about the seven recruitment mistakes that lead to hiring less than five star employees. So we've heard the term A player, B player, C player. That primarily uh, comes from the book Top Grading by Bradford Smart. Top Grading was a, and still is a, you know, solid um, interviewing sort of principle guide in terms of how to evaluate talent and determine who A, B, and C candidates are top grading was really prominent starting in the 80s with GE General Electric when Jack Welch was running the show Bradford was actually you know working with Jack and they were known as the the company that you know continually top graded their staff um, meaning that the bottom 10% would go on an annual basis and they would replenish that with a new batch of, of employees and so it was a continual improvement and You know, during that time, GE was one of the top performing stocks in the nation and a very, very much admired company. And a big part of that was because they really, really, really focused on their people. Your people in your business will make or break you. And so, you know, we talk about the concept of five-star employees and uh, we've got a five-star rating system. And, uh, you know, that's really what you should be using. You need to have some sort of rating system to uh, assess your existing employees as well as be able to assess new hires. And what you want is you only want to recruit, hire, and retain five-star employees. Life is too short and too stressful to settle on one, two, or three-star employees, We've talked a bit about um, five-star employees in in previous episodes and top grading. So in the show notes, I will have a list of those episodes if you want to check those out um, as a refresher. So let's dive into the seven recruitment mistakes that lead to hiring less than five-star employees. Well, number one is having no hoops to jump through in your application process. Again, having no hoops to jump through in your application process. The keyword process, you need to have an application process. You need to have a way for people to apply and go through filters in your process of recruiting and hiring. Casey Anton, who was a recent guest on an episode, she refers to her hiring and application process as getting through the gauntlet, you really do kind of want to set up some sort of gauntlet so that you can weed out immediately and not be tempted by the less than five-star employees. So for example, in our companies, we have a very defined recruitment process that uh, involves seven steps at the minimum. So our application process is, number one, apply online. We use a a system called Preview that uh, we have really customized and have it really dialed in for us. And so people apply online. Step number two is they complete the preview assessment online within 24 hours of application. It's approximately 35 minutes to complete. And you know what? Right now, I'm just reading from our job listing, our most recent job listing post, um, the application process. So that's number two is completing the preview assessment. And I let people know that they have a time limit to do it and how long it's going to take to do it. So, you know, if you're not interested or you can't do it, don't bother applying number three in our process. So for candidates that complete the assessment in step number two, within 24 hours and score 68% or higher then we move them on to step number three, and we give them a skills test that is specific to the job and to just you know see if they have the wherewithal. We also um, use the existing skills test, so it's an automated process in the preview system. And then uh, step number four is we conduct an initial Zoom interview with them if they have completed that skills assessment and um, pass with a certain score above average. And then uh, number five is we then, after the initial Zoom interview, move them on to the comprehensive writing exercise or, you know, more of a deep dive exercise that will require them approximately an hour to two hours to complete And we do pay for their time and talents to complete this phase of our application process. And we say, hey, you know, we'll pay you in this case of the job that I'm looking at, we'll pay them two hours, essentially at a $50 flat rate. Then step number six is the second Zoom interview. And step number seven is to have a team shadow day to test drive the role and the team fit and our culture of our organization, and that is a five-hour paid stint. And you know, depending on the position, it's usually a flat rate, and it includes a team lunch if they are a local candidate. Um, we don't do a team lunch if they're a remote candidate, uh, but we do really want to you know spend some time with them and see if they bond with the team and and not. So that process is seven steps, and you're weeding out candidates at each stage of the process, and you're weeding out the people that are less than five-star candidates. The people that apply and don't complete the application and take the preview assessment, why bother wasting your time with them? They can't follow directions. Isn't that probably the number one factor you want in any employee is to be able to follow directions? So right there, we're weeding out candidates. And you know, to be honest, We usually weed out about 75% of the applicants by those people just not even completing the assessment, all right? So we're narrowing it down pretty quickly. And so for our most recent job, it is a small business podcast blog editor and community curator. Oh, guys, you guys are so lucky you're getting a preview. We are actually um, going to be starting to put together a blog on our new website, ProfitFirstNation.com. And so we've got a lot of content and we need a blog editor. So we are recruiting for that position right now. And so we posted this position Last Monday, and we have um, 55 applicants to date. And as I mentioned, about uh, 75% of the applicants didn't even take the assessment. And then, out of everyone who took the assessment, we had quite a number actually more than average score above 70% or higher. So, usually, our cutoff point is scoring 68 to 70% on the assessment. When they take the assessment, that assessment is scored against a benchmark for the role. So, benchmarks vary by role. And so, it's not a generic, you know, everyone's being scored on the same benchmarks. So, the benchmark is designed for the role and they're scoring against that. So, anyways, it's really cool. Our highest score uh, was a 92% from a candidate. And so, then Again, these people move on to step number two, which is then taking a skills assessment. And in this case, for the Small Business Podcast blog editor role, we have um, them do uh, two proof reading uh, exercises, and uh, we have them do a reading comprehension test. Uh, so that is that, um, and, you know, uh, we're looking for people that aren't going to be bored with things. So you want to create skills tests based off of, you know, honestly, the tediousness of the position at hand. Mistake number two in the mistakes that lead to hiring less than five-star employees is not having objective filters applied In your screening process. So, you know, again, we run people through an essential gauntlet. We talked about um, having an initial assessment that they have to complete. If they pass that, then they move on to skills testing. If they move past that, they move on to a screening interview um, on Zoom. And, you know, to be honest, at that point, um, you might have a candidate that you don't want to move forward. And in fact, uh, the other day for this role, I had a promising candidate who did really well up until the screening interview. And then when I interviewed her for the screening interview, um, you know, to be honest, like it was not more than five minutes into the interview. I probably could have cut it off at three minutes, but I gave it two more minutes. You know, when I was asking her questions, she really wasn't answering the question that was being asked. And so it just kind it fell flat. Like if if she was she wasn't listening to me. She passed the reading comprehension test. But when we were talking and I was asking her questions about her current role, she wasn't answering the questions directly at all. It was going way off topic and such. And um, you know, that's a big red flag. So she did not pass that step. So you want to, you know, make sure that you're really testing different aspects of what's going to be for a successful person in the role. And then when people fall out of your process, that's okay. That's the point. We don't want everyone to make it through. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. So you want to apply these filters and you want to have multiple, multiple, multiple filters in place. And, you know, it's okay if someone has put in something to a certain point I didn't need to waste my time. I didn't need to like give her the courtesy. It, I don't think it would be courteous to g- talk to her for a 20 minute or 30 minute screening interview when I knew after three to five minutes that this wasn't going to work. So, um, you know, that's when you you let the candidate know that they won't be proceeding um, in your process anymore. All right, th- the third mistake is Delaying your responsiveness to potential five star candidates. So, when I open up a job and start posting it, and we start getting applicants coming in, a lot of what we're doing is automated in our system, and we've designed it that way. So, you know, when someone applies, they're automatically sent the assessment. When they complete the assessment, then they're sent the skills testing in this case. And then when they pass the skills testing within, I'd like to say, 12 hours of them passing the skills testing, I am reaching out to them if they've passed that to schedule the screening interview. You need to strike while the iron's hot. I have people, you know, we posted this, like I said, um, about a week and a half ago, and I have people at all different stages because I have people that have, you know, applied and completed the assessment yesterday. Um, I did close um, after having 55 applicants and the number of applicants that I have that have um, scored 70% or 68% or higher on the initial assessment. um, I've got enough and I've got enough people through the pipeline. I've got people who have completed the writing exercise and so they're just pending um, a final interview. So, uh, you know, I'm working people through, but as soon as I, you know, get someone that I could move to the next stage, I'm immediately reaching out to them and moving them to that next stage because um, I want them to feel excited. I want them to feel wanted. And if they're a five-star employee, I don't want them to get snapped up by someone else first. Five-star employees represent the top 15% of available talent in the market for the rate that you are paying. So not everyone is a five-star candidate. And I want to emphasize that it's a five-star candidate for the role. I mean, let's be honest. I can talk profit first. I'm a successful business owner. But you, I am not a five-star bookkeeper, <laughs> all right? Um, the job is just not for me. I can do it. I can understand it. I, but I don't want to do it every day, day in, day out, day in, day out. I would be a three-star employee when it would become to bookkeeping, Um and so, you know, if you do have that five-star candidate for the role, you want to act quickly, and you want to keep them moving through their pro your process. The other thing about uh, five-star candidates, and when you're moving through the process, it gives them a sense of confidence that you know they're making a calculated risk when you offer them a job and they accept that job. I mean, most people are using their paychecks to support their family, put a roof over their head, put food on the table. So, you know, they don't want to accept a job with a flighty company or, or someone that's, you know, going to be out of business in a month or so. So by you, you know, taking them through this process and spending this time and you going all in on your recruitment process, then the candidates will see that you are a person that they should go all in on and accept that position because really this is music to a five-star candidate's ears when they hear, you know, how detailed and thorough you are in your recruitment process. Mistake number 4 is failing to test the skills and aptitudes. So we touched on this, it's, you know, part of the process, but when you when you don't test for the specific skills or the specific aptitudes that you need, That's where you fail. And so you've got to create skills testing and, um, you know, testing for the aptitudes that you're looking for and be creative. Um, We do workshops on this. So I'll um, include a link uh, to fivestaremployees.com in our visual recap of this episode. But I've created skills testing just on my own based off of like our claims exam process and, you know, common errors that sometimes people just get caught up on in um, following directions. you, You don't have to use something that's formal. We use a combination of things. And to be honest, for some positions, we give them a typing test. We give them a 10 key test. And on those typing and 10 key tests, we're using the free ones that are available on the internet to do so you, you've got to do something, and you've got to do a few things when it comes to testing skills and aptitudes, because it is a mistake if you fail to test for the skills and aptitudes that you need for the position. All right, mistake number five is rushing through the interview phases and rushing through the process and not following the process or skipping steps in the process, You should be able to get through this process, um, even the one that I outlined, within two weeks. You know, when it's time to recruit people and you put that posting out there, you've got to be on it. You've got to go all in on it. But you really have to go through every step. You need to evaluate every single candidate. This is a numbers game. If five-star employees represent the top 15% of available talent in the market, then you need at least seven candidates to have one potential five-star employee. So ideally, you want to have at least 21 candidates to have you know, the potential of three five-star employees. So it really is a numbers game and you want to get as many potential five-star candidates as possible. So you really are choosing from the best. And when you follow this discipline and when you follow this process, you will get the best results possible. Now, nothing's perfect, but you can easily go from, you know, maybe having a one in four chance of hiring a five-star employee or an A player to increasing that to 90% when you follow a consistent process that you can look at and continually improve upon based on other hires. And if you're disciplined and strict with it and you don't rush through the interview phases and the application process, then uh, you can achieve that 90% success rate in hiring five-star employees. Mistake number six is not involving existing team members in the interview process. You know, it's so important that two heads are better than one and you know, especially as entrepreneurs and, and just as humans, I think we like to see the best in people. And so, you know, when you're just interviewing people one on one, you want to see the best in people. But it is so helpful, and you hold yourself to, um, I think, a, high, a higher standard when you have another team member sitting in with you on the interview they don't have to be asking the questions directly, but they should be involved in the interview process. They should be hearing the candidates answer the questions. Uh, You need to be asking the same consistent questions to all of your candidates so that you are getting a consistent, you know, evaluation for them. um, And you're measuring them all on an apples to apples sort of basis. You know, I was surprised when some of my employees, I would bring them in for interviews with other candidates. And, um, you know, it was their first time ever being on that side of the table for, th- for the interview. But they were, you know, just so pleased and, and happy to be part of it because it really is important. I'm not working with these people on a day-to-day basis, these new hires, my existing employees are working with these people on a day to day basis. And so it is um, paramount that two heads are better than one, and you have at least one other person involved in the interview process. Now, for even higher level positions, like in management or executive roles, my husband and I actually take the individual and their spouse out to dinner. So, um, you know, my husband and I do work in our companies together. But I do involve him, you know, on some of my other companies where he's not really involved in the day-to-day operations in, you know, giving his feedback as well on candidates. All right. And finally, number seven on the seven recruitment mistakes that lead to hiring less than five star employees is skipping over reference checks. Oh, I know there is a threat of reference check. So a torque in top grading is threat of reference check. And so, you know, during the interview process, you want to ask the candidate, hey, you know, when I talked to Joe, who was your prior supervisor two jobs ago, you know, what is he going to tell me that is your your biggest weakness and something that you he thinks that you need to work on? You really need to call Joe and you really need to validate um, the answer that that candidate is giving you. You know, it's just, it's so funny how people provide references and, But it's just like this smoke and mirrors. I mean, I I find that people who post references, sometimes those aren't very good references. They're just trying to like check the box and hope and cross their fingers that, that you don't call them. It is really, really important to, you know, spend that extra five minutes reaching out to the references and having a conversation with them. Now, I know a lot of big companies are saying, oh, you know, we can't provide uh, references. We can only just, you know, provide um, employment verification. I call BS on that. Um, you know, if this is truly a five star candidate and their supervisor who works for a big company that doesn't allow references, uh, if it was a five star employee and this supervisor really cares about this person, they're going to give you a good reference check. It's, it's the problem of the employees who are less than five stars. That's where these corporations have set up these policies that don't allow for reference checks because they don't want to be involved in telling the truth, to be honest. So uh, make sure that you don't skip the reference checks. That is the final really breaking point in making that hiring decision And um, you can always make the offer of employment contingent on the reference checks, or you can do the reference checks before. All right, so that is that in a nutshell. So look forward to episodes ending in nine, when we'll be talking about the topic of going all in on your employees so they uh, go all in on you as well in your business. As always, we have visual recaps for our episodes and the visual recap for this episode can be found at ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources. If you would like to work with a certified Profit First professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach, then you can also connect with one of my fellow Profit First professional peeps at ProfitFirstNation.com. Click on contact And cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.